Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to answer some of your gardening queries. Today we ask the question, how much are people gardening and what are they buying? Later on, I'll be joined by a man who compiles the top 50 best-selling plants, composts and garden products. It's Trevor Pfeiffer. I'm just back from the Royal Horticultural Society's first London show and I'll tell you there was a bit of steam coming out of ears because they've introduced a £5 charge, even for members. There's so many things in life. Do you know I'm an AA member and they've just sent me an atlas after 50 years of subscribing. You know, in the old days, once you'd done 50 years, you got the rest for free, but that's been stripped away. And now with the RHS, our free attendance as members to the London shows, that's gone. And quite honestly, the shows get a little smaller. I'm not so sure I'm happy paying £5 to... uh, be sold scented soap and artificial flowers and there was even somebody there selling tulip bulbs i mean the forebears of the rhs must be turning in their grave i would think but additionally i've just been to uh, a really big trial of primroses and polyanthus i'll try and cover that in a bit greater depth next week but do have a look out for camellias they're just coming out into flower and i think they're going to be stunning this year this week i've been planting some asparagus Some of you may think that's a bit early. We usually plant bare roots in uh, March and April. But I sowed some seeds at this time last year of a variety called Ariane, an F1. If you're going to grow asparagus, be sure that it is an F1 hybrid. They're so much better than the open-seeded kinds. But I grew mine in uh, an 11-centimetre pot. And so now I've got a, a bit of land that's been very well manured. It's fairly clean well, completely clean of perennial weeds, and I can just drop those pot-grown one-year-old seedlings in. There won't be any root disturbance, and with luck, they'll grow pretty well, and I may be able to start cutting a few spears in uh, two years' time. You know, you've got to wait for it a bit, I'm afraid, but then once it's in and well-established, you could cut from the bed for at least 20 years or so. You need to just keep on with a, a little bit of sowing, just a few salads and uh, early veg at schools i hope when they come back from the half term that we'll be going and sowing peas if you sow five peas in a little nine centimeter pot and just germinate them indoors get them established in a cold frame uh, you'll be picking pods of peas at least three or four weeks earlier than usual and i'm starting to sow one or two of the flowers uh, last year the antorinum the taller varieties made wonderful cut flowers We used to grow about an acre of them when I was on the show circuit. And the best thing about antirhinums is that once you cut the main spike, there'll be uh, more shoots come from the base, so you can cut flowers for a good number of weeks. They last well in water. Uh, The stems don't sort of make the water smelly 
in the way that some other flowers do. And additionally, if you buy uh, uh, those varieties which don't have the sort of bunny rabbit uh, flower, the double ones and semi-double ones, you'll find they last much longer in water and a number of them are fragrant. So uh, either order some plants from one of the mail order specialists or sow a few seeds straight away. You will need the really good, clean, sterile compost for antirhinums and they'll need all the light you can give them. I have one little news item for you this week. I'm told that the supplies of large flowered gladiolus, especially in the large corm size, and dahlias are a bit short this year. The very heavy rain we had in early summer really upset production and uh, stocks, they tell me, are going to sell out pretty quickly. So if you want the big gladiolus that flower early or you want them for exhibition then make sure that you've made your purchases or got orders in straight away and the same with dahlia tubers well i'm very pleased today to have trevor pfeiffer with me Uh, trevor's the man behind the top 50 in gardening Uh, in his uh, weekly gtn he gives us these figures Uh, trevor uh, how do you set about getting these figures? Are they reliable? Can we trust them? <laughs> Hello, Peter. Yes, of course you can trust them. We get EPOS data from a number of garden centres. And the key thing we do is we get data from the same garden centres every week. It's a bit like the old music charts. We never disclose who we get the data from, but the data always comes from the same sources. So we know that the week-on-week changes are real uh, and what's, what's actually going on out there in garden centre land. I find them very useful. I mean, in January, lots of people say to me, what do you people do? Because there's nothing to do in gardens in January. Couldn't be further from the truth, could it? Oh, absolutely not. Um, Garden centres, particularly those garden centres that got themselves organised and did the change from Christmas back into spring gardening um, really quickly, they've really benefited from sales because... uh, you know, people go to garden centres for lots of reasons. It might be just to have a cup of coffee, but if the plants are looking good and the products are looking wonderful and they're merchandised beautifully, then who's to stop people buying things? Well, looking at your 3rd of February lists in front of me now, on the plant side, they're all things that look pretty immediately. Primula, cyclamen, narcissus, hyacinth, snowdrops, hellebores. So is it what they look like at the time or uh, what people... I think, and judging by, I'm here at Scottsdale's Garden Centre in Cambridge today for uh, other meetings I've been at, and um, just looking at what people are are buying. People are buying things that are adding instant colour to their garden at this time of the year. You know, hanging baskets full of primroses, formiums to add some colour and some structure. The big thing that's happened in the last two or three years is the acknowledgement that people are decorating their gardens. And what better way to decorate your garden than to add some colourful plants? Yes, I mean, when I joined the trade, a long time ago now, January and February and early March, they were pretty dead months, you know. We didn't see many customers at all. Yeah, well, I was at one of the Hillview Garden Centres in Birmingham, at Studley Garden Centre last week, and, uh, Boyd, the, um, the owner, the chief executive of the group, had been using our charts to say to his plants teams, look, why haven't we got plants in the garden centre? Other centres are selling them. So they all went out and ordered trolleys of plants from flower plants and other nurseries. And hey, presto, they got some good-looking plants in and they sold them. 
So <laughs> it just shows you if, you if you offer people some colour and offer some brightness, they'll go for it. <laughs> and it depends on the weather, doesn't it? Last weekend was pretty good for us. Yes. Uh, and if the, if the sun shines, then people want to get out, don't they? Yeah, but I think... Um, I think at this time of the year, keen gardeners, even if the weather's not so good, they're happy to come out to garden centres and see what offers they can get. And if they're coming in to buy early bird offers and compost or fertilisers, well, who's to stop them buying some great plants if they're on offer as well? Well, and looking at your veg-to-grow chart, it looks as if we're still growing our own pretty enthusiastically. Oh, certainly. Uh, people are planting onions by the, by the barrow load at the moment. The thing that always amazes me, Peter, is um, the popularity of beetroot boltardy seeds. I uh, know, I can explain that. Can you? Uh, yes. Uh, and you come across that. A beetroot seed yep. is in clusters. Right. It's quite a big lump when you get it out of the packet, and each lump is two or three seedlings, but people tend to think of it as one seed. And so you don't get that many seeds in a packet, and usually people buy two packets. Ah. I think you'll find that's well, the that explanation. Might, but but the, the thing that we find is that um, once we start doing these veg-to-grow charts from January through to September, for most weeks of the year, beetroot boltardy is the most popular seed, veg seed, that people buy. Yeah. Uh, and it, no other beetroot, it's just beetroot boltardy. It mm-hmm. just seems to be the one that people go and buy and plant. I mean, I'd love to know what people are doing with all this beetroot. <laughs> well, I know it's a superfood, but... You know, you don't see that much on sale in, in supermarkets. <laughs> well, there's there's two stories there. I mean, first of all, if you're going to sow it early, you need bolt hardy. Most of the other varieties, if you sow them early and we get a cold check, they run up to seed. Ah. And the reason it's called bolt hardy is because it's resistant to bolting. Right, I'm with you. A friend of my wife's was chatting to the lady across the road, and the lady across the road talking about somebody else said she's the kind of woman who cooks her own beetroot (laughs) and and margaret's friend said i cook my own beetroot (laughs) well so i'm not i'm not sure what kind of woman it is that cooks her own beetroot but we cook our own beetroot yeah well uh, and we grow our own beetroot as well and we we use it in salads and things but it just you know, out of all of the veg seeds that you can buy and grow, um, it just amazes me how many, because there were more, according to our charts, there were more packs of Thompson & Morgan beetroot bolt hardy sold that week, last week, than Taylor's um, seed potatoes pink fur apple. At this time of the year, I thought people would have been going mad on buying their seed potatoes, uh, and they would be out selling things like that. But Yeah, so, so would I. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. With the early potatoes, people you know, buy them, set them up in little egg boxes to get them chitted. Um, so, I, yeah, I would have thought yeah. sea potatoes would have been way ahead. Mind you, with the onion sets, which you've got in good number at the top of uh, this chart, yes. if you put those in little 24 cell packs and get them growing a bit earlier, then you get much bigger onions because they stop growing about the uh, middle of July. Uh, you know, as the, as the days start to shorten, so the onions don't grow anymore. And the sooner you can get them started, the bigger onion you're going to get from each plant. Yes, and it's interesting that Red Baron, is, the red variety, Red Baron, is, um, seems to be the most popular for people to grow at the moment. Yes. It has been for the last couple of weeks. So Yeah, I don't understand that either. Although if you go to the supermarket, the red onions, you know, they're, they're, they're in big numbers, aren't they? Yeah, and it may well be that one of the TV chefs is recommending that you use red onions as opposed to, you know 
ordinary onions, as it were. Well, I, I saw I saw on on your notes that bacopa, the little white flowered bedding plant, is uh, selling very well. Yes. And I wondered, uh, Richard Jackson on QVC was really giving bacopa a, a really good plug oh. our last uh, uh, weekend. So, do you think? It's possible that that has an effect. Oh, I'm sure it. Mu- I'm sure things like that must do because um, it, it was in particular it was Bacopa snowflake that uh, that I'd noticed in in the data that was selling through particularly well. That surprised me just because I wouldn't have thought Bacopa particularly would be the first most popular of the plug plants to sell through in quantity. Not nor me because it's just white flowered, isn't it? Yeah, it'll go with anything, mind, and it's yeah. very good in baskets and containers. And then what about the garden media chart? That's the compost. The growing media, yeah. yes. Boy, that I always find that interesting. Well, uh, it's been dominated uh, throughout January by early bird offers. Oh, right. Jack's, Westland's Jack's Magic has, has sold particularly well. Um, I think King Gardens in particular, where they see that on offer, they just buy it up by the bootload. And also there's Arthur Bowers Multipurpose has been on a, a special offer. And I'm surprised more garden centres don't do this, actually, because if they get an early bird offer going and it sells really well, you get lots of really satisfied customers by selling it through at a good price early on. And it gets them going, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, our if we, we always think that our growing media index, as it were, the total volume sold of the top 50, is a great indicator as to how much gardening is actually going on, you know, how much growing is going on. Because if, if you're growing, you're buying growing media and um in january it was up by 12 percent on last year so there's the chance that 12 percent more gardening's happening goodness which is which is pretty damn good really yeah it is amazing and and looking ahead to february i've just had a quick look through our charts from last year and of course after the the peaks of the early bird offers on multi-purpose compost um the next growing media that starts to become very popular is manure um, for obvious reasons, I guess people are prepping their veg plots and their beds and just feeding it with whatever they can get hold of. And they want sort of biggish volumes of that, won't they? Yeah, and it, uh, well, it's interesting, Peter, because I think people are, are using big volumes of manure and they're buying that. When we first started doing these charts eight years ago, um, chicken manure pellets were very popular. Yes. They seem to be less popular now. So I think maybe people have switched to digging manure in rather than just spreading chicken manure pellets everywhere. Yeah. And there was a time on the gardening programmes on TV where they were using chicken pellets all the time, wasn't there? Yes, uh, yeah. And you don't see that so much now. Yeah, maybe Monty's never used chicken pellets for a while. Yeah, well, he's got, <laughs> he's got his own chickens. <laughs> <laughs> Now, when it comes to letters, I've got two this week. First of all, a lady who was downsizing, moving from Wales into uh, Chibbing Sodbury, moved into um, a brand new house and has a very small back garden. It's only 15 feet deep and 30 foot wide. And and she's uh, asking for some guidance on what to plant, which must be low maintenance. The whole area has been uh, laid to lawn. And beyond the fence is a row of mature oak trees. Now, that's a pretty tough question, that is. The best bet, where you have these fences very close to the patio doors of a house, is to plant something evergreen, ideally, into the two corners that will sort of cloud out a bit uh, and not emphasise the width. And then if you can put a climber 
or two on the fence, then that will green that up and soften it uh, into the trees above. But of course it's a really tough set of conditions. You've got the roots from the tree that are going to take all the moisture. And so in an ideal world you need a bit of uh, irrigation in there. And ivies would be one of the best plants to go up the fence and completely clad it. Anne has a little narrow border down one side that's been gravelled. That's the perfect place to have some pots of hostas. They'll love it there. And it should be fairly easy to control snugs and snails if the pots are standing on gravel. From a more humorous point of view, there's another uh, question here from a Mr Rice at Orpington. And his question is, stinging nettle fertiliser. I made it up myself last year and one of the bottles has exploded. Should it be watered down to use? <laughs> the things you people get up to, hey? Stinging nettle fertiliser. I think it's much better to pick the young greens, cook it and eat it, rather than try and make fertiliser with it. And certainly don't stopper it up in bottles. Sounds pretty dangerous to me. You can subscribe to the Sun Gardening newsletter at sungardening.com. .co.uk and you can subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 